what's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Cold Progression Podcast. But to Mr. D, rocks or rock and metal thrive. Hey, everybody. I'm wishing you a happy day today because I want to make sure that I don't speak too weirdly on what day this podcast is coming up because I know we got some special ones that either you're right before this or maybe right after this. I don't remember, but... We have a great episode for you again today, and yes, thank you to Brian from MVK Music Group once again because you guys know whenever he brings artists on and introduces me to artists, they always bring a lot to the table, and here is another one. So when it comes to hard rock soundings out of Washington, once again, Dead Rebel Saints definitely bring it, and their lead vocalist and lead songwriter, Kevin, not me though, this guy's name is Kevin as well, great name by the way comes to the podcast and we talk all about how the difference in the writing style again the emotional connectiveness that people have to music we really dive deep into that and kevin gives you a glimpse at what to expect in the next dead rebel saints album so that you guys can get into it before it even comes out so are you ready because this is a kevin squared action kind of podcast so let's go yeah well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, you've seen a lot of bands that have been associated with MVK Music Group or Maverick Apparel that have appeared on the podcast. And thanks to Brian from MVK Music, he got me yet another great one all the way from Tacoma, Washington. If I got that correct, I hope I did, because otherwise I'm going to look like a fool. We're talking with Kevin. Well, not me, but another guy named Kevin. Thank God. Great name from the band Dead Rebel Saints. So, Kevin, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. Thank you, man. Did I get it right there from Tacoma, Washington? Because if I did, yeah. just make fun of me. Yeah, we we usually just say Seattle because not not everybody knows where uh, Tacoma is located. But uh, yeah, we're we're it's like twenty minutes, half hour outside of Seattle, Tacoma, Washington. Yeah, the band I shot a podcast with the previous day before we shot this one, they were from Seattle as well. So it's like I kind of had a little bit of a background on the area as well. Plus. When I was younger, when I was a kid, it was like, okay, you know, in fifth grade, we're going to have the geography be. And I always ended up doing really well in those because I actually remember certain things about where places are and how things form. Oh, well, you're doing better than me, man. <laughs> Woo! Well, we'll see what happens now if I ever get in one of those questions because, I mean, what, where things are, yeah, I'll probably know a good amount of that. But where how things get, like, formed, yeah, I'm probably way off base on that. I'm more just like, I don't know how things get formed, but I know what this song sounds like. There we go. All right, so Kevin, to start this one out, I always like to start out with this so that the listeners can get to know you a little bit better. So I always ask three questions. The first two are the easy parts. The last one is the more difficult one. So I want you to introduce yourself with your name, what you do in Dead Rebel Saints, and then well, like what like what part of the band you are or what member of the band you are kind of thing. And then the third is always the fun one. And that is, I'm going to go all like, welcome week of college. When you're in a big group, they're like, can we want to know a little fun fact about yourself? However, I always like the wacky fun facts, like the wackiest thing you think of, whether it's a story, fun fact, whatever it might be. I don't mind. I always love hearing them. I've heard people tell me about their famous like Twitter cats, Instagram pets. Uh, I've had people give me their Tinder bios. That's always a fan favorite of mine because, well, I listen to stuff to them like, hey, I always like to hear that kind of stuff. But if people don't have it, I don't mind. I've also heard some crazy snowplow stories, um, just whatever else comes up. So whatever you got, go for it. All right. Uh, my name is Kevin James Hoffman. Um, born in Aberdeen, Washington, uh, famous for Kurt Cobain. Um, uh, Dead Rebel Saints. Uh, I'm the lead singer and lead guitar player, and I pretty much write all the music. I'm the the central hub as it were um 
And then a fun fact. Let's see. Uh, we could go with I'm allergic to my own hair. Um, Wait, what? You know, obviously not like, you know, like I can grow a beard and I can grow hair and stuff. But uh, but like if I shave, like I, I shave my legs once. And uh, if the if the hair gets below the skin surface, man, I get all inflamed. Like I can't shave my face. I got to use like clippers and stuff. I shaved my leg once and uh, fuck, I was infected for like six months. My my legs were all swollen up and running a fever and I got super. So yeah, allergic to my own hair. Stupid. That definitely when it comes to like a weird and wacky fact, that is definitely constitutes like a top 10 wacky fact because I don't know how anyone could be allergic to their own hair. But then again, you are. And it's just something where it's it's crazy to think about. But hey, now people get to know more about you. That's the key. Yeah. And it's like people were people could associate with that. And also it's like it's something that's going to stick out in their minds. So it's like, OK, you're definitely you're the guy that's allergic to his own hair. And then all of a sudden they're going to end up pit, like, OK, what band was he in? We're going to check you out on Spotify. We're going to start listening to you. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, they're going to be sharing it with their friends. They're like, hey, check out Dead Rebel Saints. You know, word of mouth, stuff like that happens. Oh, oh, yeah. Allergic to my own hair. That's that's going to spread like wildfire. Well, I mean, I hope so, because in a ter- in a good way. And by that, I mean, not so people just think about that. So people check out Dead Rebel Saints and then you guys really pick up a good amount of momentum following this podcast. That's what we're hoping for. There we go. So when you said you're you're uh, the, basically the backbone of the, of the band when it comes to writing the music, how did you come up with a style? Because when I was listening to what you have on Spotify right now, because that's where I that's what uh, Brian actually sent me in terms of the. Uh, the links. I'm like, okay, let's check this out and checked out the Throwing Stones album. It definitely had that real hard rock vibe to it. So I want to know what was the inspiration behind coming up with the sound for Dead Rebel Saints? Um, let's see. Really, uh, you know, my voice kind of dictates a lot of it. Um, you know, I've got that higher range, uh, definitely influenced by, you know, like Chris Cornell and things like that. But also, you know, like skid row and guns and roses and acdc and things like that um so so the the music is kind of you know had to had to accommodate my voice um and it's not a it's not a soft crooner voice you know it's it's not screamy heavy metal stuff there's definitely some vocal technique but it's it's definitely had to be like a harder a harder rock sound to you know you, you couldn't strum matchbox 20 songs and, and sing along the way I sing. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of everything in there. There's, you know, there's some, there's some guns and roses influence. There's some sound garden influence, but there's also like some candle box influence or, you know, some Alice in Chains influence. There's, there's lots of, I mean, I'm from the Northwest, so there's a lot of Northwest flavor to it. Um, you know, but there's, I mean, shoot, there's, there's little black label society influence. I mean, there's a little bit of everything. There's, you know, some Aussie stuff and, you know, I think it kind of, it floats all over the board there. I think it does too. And when it comes to just letting your vocals kind of dictate where the instrumentals are going to go, because especially with your vocal set, it has the power to carry a lot of these songs and letting instrumentals just naturally come and take form off of that. It does make a lot of sense because then you're not trying to force anything in there. You're trying to make the music make itself and just kind of come together. Cause if you're going to force something in there, like trying for, like you said, force your voice on like a matchbox 20 song, uh, that probably wouldn't go over very well. 
However, <laughs> listen, I'll say listening to the uh, Titcher track on Throwing Stones, which is Throwing Stones, when I was listening to your vocals, I'm not sure if anyone's ever compared your vocals to this. So I want to see if this is what you think about this. But right from the like right when the verse started, I got this weird like it was like hard rock, but also soulful at the same time as well. It also had a rough sense. I'm like, what does this remind me of? And this is going to be the two like weirdest ways to put this, but your vocal set remind me of a mix of Robert Plant and M Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold. And the reason behind that was because you get this classic rock flow that Robert Plant had and some of those quick transitions that you keep, that he always used his voice for Led Zeppelin. I really picked up on some of those. However, you also get this rougher feel behind it and a very more powerful feel behind it that it reminded me of more of a classic M Shadows sense from Avenged Sevenfold. And I... While I'm throwing stones, I really like the mix because it allowed you to really create this certain vibe with your own voice that really takes more of a hard rock tone into it and a more powerful sound that can really be, they can really turn on its head at, the, at a given moment. So you had a lot of power to just quickly turn the song into whatever you felt like it was going to be. And you kept seeing my head kind of tilt to the right because I did a deep dive into this song and I was just reading off what I wrote and I didn't want to mess it up. Oh yeah, man. Um, you know, I've never... It, that's cool. I've never, I've never gotten those two comparisons before, but I definitely... You know, I've, I've heard the Led Zeppelin thing just because of the range. Um, but the uh, the M Shadows thing, I mean, I, I totally get it because, uh, you know, because it's definitely got that that harder that, ugh, to it, you know, that that kind of that kind of gusto. But uh, it. The, the music to me is definitely is definitely hard rock. But when you when you push your voice that hard, I definitely get a lot of metal comparisons. But I would definitely not. It, not that I have anything against metal, but I, I would not think that we were that we were metal. But, you, you know, you throw an M Shadows comparison in there and it kind of drags it into the metal, the metal territory for sure. It does a little bit. But if you compare it to what Vengeful uh, has done recently and what they've been saying they might do on their next album or what they are going to do on their next album, it might have more of that rock scent into it instead of the metal scent that they had back in the 2000s and early 2010s with not, something like Nightmare. So yeah. it definitely is something where the vocal range can definitely be brought in. However, again, with having a little bit more of that rougher tone to it, it allows you to potentially use some of those tropes that metal has created as a genre in some of your hard rock music, just to create something that's has a little more of a dynamic behind it. If the song calls for it, it's not trying to say push it in there. I'm just saying if for some reason it feels like it's right to potentially put a little piece of instrumental that is very common in metal into your music, just to make a song stand out. If it really feels that way, your voice is definitely able to carry it. So again, I'm not saying force it in there. I'm saying if it happens naturally, you definitely have the voice to help carry that forward and make it feel like it belongs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I, uh, I'm a classically trained singer, so I, I've, I've taken voice lessons and stuff. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've sang everything from kind of a dream theater style to like super slipknot heavy metal stuff and everything in between. So the, the nice thing about, you know, with, with this band is wherever the music kind of goes, you know, you've got the softer edge and you've got all the way into the, the metal territory and, and, uh, with the voice dictating everything, it it gives the music a lot of dynamics and it, and it and there's there's no in my opinion in my humble opinion there's no weak spot vocally or there's no weak spot musically where it's like well you did the soft stuff and you did the really heavy there's a lot of bands especially nowadays it, and I'm not I'm not sliding anybody but they do the really soft 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 and then they go straight to rip your face off and there's like no middle ground. 
you know, they've got the really soft emo, emo singy voice and then they go straight into death metal. And it's like, well, where's, where's the, how did we get there? You know, you, you just rip my, rip my head off unexpectedly. And, and that's got its place. But when that's all you do, it's like, you've got two gears and it's, it, it gets really samey to me after a while. I like to be able to cover the whole spectrum. I do know what you're saying there as well, because there are times where artists kind of, like you said, have that instance where they go super soft and all of a sudden quickly go into something that's super duper hard and heavy. They want to rip your head right off of your body. And it does. And sometimes, you know, those really non-existent transitions just to go from one to the next, it does make sense. However, there are times where if you're going to do that consistently over and over and over again, it's going to be, you're going to become a one trick pony at that point. And there's, again, if it's a formula that really sticks out, I'm not going to fault you for going with that consistent formula. However, over time, eventually what's going to happen is you're going to end up becoming that same band's going to have that same sound over and over and over again. If you're not consistently kind of like, have you're going to go from like soft and just to hard consistently, just really quickly. If you create just a little bit of transition there at some point that comes through naturally, what's going to happen is give that song a whole different feel. And it's going to even potentially open up the band to some other ideas as well while keeping that core sound. However, how you get from point A to point B, you might try a couple of different things. I mean, take a look at a band like Falling in Reverse. Whenever they come because of transitions, they're trying all this different stuff all across the yeah. board. And I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. I'll say most of the time I think it does work, but you know, you're never going to be 100% perfect. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, the the really abrupt transitions have their place, but it's, you know, for me, I just give me, you know, give me some some spectrum here. Give me some some more give me more than two colors. You know, I want to I want to see to me that gets really boring really quickly and i just you know you've got all these instruments you've got all this talent stuff give me more than two speeds and not only that but also like let your music tell the story that you're trying to tell in this song as well and don't have it be like okay we're gonna go from this part of the book like if you're it's like think of like a book you don't want to go from the begin one chapter all of a sudden and skip ahead three chapters and go right into that one no kind of just have the instrumentals build up to it or transition to it in a little bit it can be quick it can be slow whatever it might be but use it to enhance the storytelling mode just through the instrumentals because people will feel that emotion coming through it yeah dynamics take me on a ride don't just whip my head around <laughs> Yeah, it's don't just be like on the, one of those like uh, carnival rides where it just keeps going around in a circle and all of a sudden you're just kind of like going, whoa, 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 don't get and then all of a sudden you're getting off. And especially if you're over the age of 18 at that point, you know, you're just like feeling your neck like, oh, dear God, that hurt. It's like you don't yeah, want to always be doing that with your music. Sometimes it does have its place, but you don't want to be consistently doing that. And again, just have that to that have those two gears where it's just like, oh, and then. Ugh. Yeah, for sure. And when listening to your music as well, you definitely have that ability to tell the story. And especially with the flow of the instrumentals that you've gone with, what it really felt like to me was it just had this great storytelling mode where everything had its place. Everything was transitioned from one piece to the next. Nothing really felt out of place in terms of, okay, we're going from verse to pre-chorus to chorus or verse to chorus or verse chorus to bridge, whatever it might have been. All the transition between those parts felt right and felt natural. So when it comes to the song rebellion, especially on the album that's the debut album that's on Spotify right now, even though it came out in 2018, it still has a lot of that. And I know there's probably something new coming on the horizon as well. However, with what we have to listen to now, with the what everyone that's listening to this can listen to following this podcast, you're able to listen to this and you're able to tell that there's a lot of intricacies going on within your music in terms of the instrumentals telling the story that you're trying to tell. Oh yeah, thanks, man. I, uh, I mean, first and foremost, I'm a songwriter, you know, and I write, 
mainly on acoustic guitar, which, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't guess listen to our music, but, um, you know, for me, the, the, the hook's gotta be there. The melody's gotta be there. The flow's gotta be there. It's, it's, it's the song first and the instruments and the flashy stuff definitely second. So it, it, you know, I always, we always write the music first and then we say, what is, what is this music? You know, what, what does, what story is this music telling? And then, you know, whatever the feeling is being created, that's when the lyrics come in. That's when the melody comes in. That's when the hook comes in and you want to, you want to verbally say what the music's already conveying to you, the, the emotion you're already creating. You know, there's nothing more irritating to me than hearing this song. And it makes me feel like, yeah, you know, let's, let's go knock down some walls. And the, the lyrics are talking about some cheesy fluffy thing or, or vice versa when the music is all soft and then, you know, the lyrics are all, I'm going to knock your teeth out. And it's like, this, this is not telling me the right story. You're not creating the feeling that you're, you know? So yeah, basically it's, it's, it's all about the songwriting first and foremost. And I do have to applaud you for using that songwriting style as well, because how in turn, how I've always talked about on the podcast as well, and how I've always expressed people. And a lot of people usually either agree with me on this, where when you listen to the music and you listen to how the instrumentals form and how they tell that story, they're telling it through the emotion that you feel. And people use music a lot of time to express certain emotions or certain instances where they can't explain that emotion. It's like, well, what did it feel to go through, go through depression? What did it feel like to have suicidal tendencies? And if people are trying to explain that, but they don't, they, they struggle to, Using music is something that really helps because you get to understand the feel of it just through the sound. So when you're using your songwriting technique where you're going to write out what what the riffs are going to be, what the song structure is going to be, and you're going to let the the instrumentals flow on each other to really figure out what the what what emotion is trying to be told right here, then you're going to write lyrics on top of it so that it becomes even more of a connective experience, not only to yourself for you who's writing it, but also to the audience that's listening to it. You might be writing about one instance and the audience, someone in the audience might be relating to it with a completely different experience. However, the message and the emotion is the exact same of what you and the person that's listening to it is feeling. Oh yeah, we definitely, uh, you know, several years back, we had this song that was pretty popular around here. It's called, I hate this place. And it was, it was about, for me, writing it musically and lyrically, it was about this really difficult emotional thing I was going through, um, dealing with a little bit of family history and dealing with a little bit of like mental illness and, and, and things that I was struggling with. And it was just this really cathartic emotional song for me. And we would play it and it was, it was very popular and, uh, you know, we put out this this little EP and people come up after the after the shows and they'd be like, man, how long were you on heroin? And I would go, what? And they would go, this song, it's all about the struggle I had trying to get off heroin and reconnect with my family and all this emotional turmoil I went through. And this I cried for days listening to this song. It touched me so much. And I, and I would be like, I never that's not the experience I had that I was coming from, but it connects you know, it connected to each of these different people in a different way. Um, it spoke to them on a deep personal level that, you know, and that's, you know, people, 
people have all kinds of different motivations for playing music or wanting to become a big rich famous rock star or whatever you know and when i was 18 i thought oh you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be this big famous jerk and i'm gonna get all the girls and blah 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 you know and then i would say that song and that experience connecting with people and having them come up and say you know this this thing that you created it really it helped me through an emotional difficulty that became my whole that's the whole reason i write songs man is to just touch people and you know, if I never see a dime from it, just making a difference to, you know, to to the few people I touch, man, that's that's what it's all. That's that's why I write songs. That's that's the songwriting aspect. That's why I say the song has got to come first. The the jerk off guitar playing or screaming falsettos and all that stuff is is second to the storytelling. Exactly. Exactly. I totally have to agree with you on that. And seeing the reaction that people had to that song, where again, like I've been saying. You knew and what these people went through were completely different in terms of the specifics. However, the emotion of getting through something like that was the exact same. And that's where these people connected with your song. So when they came up and said that to you, they're connecting with you in a way that not many other people are going to because they didn't go through something like that. And now you have that connection with that person, either just for the night or for life. And they're going to end up listening to your music throughout the rest of their lives due to the fact that you, you connect with them in a certain way just off of that. Yeah. Absolutely. And we all have our songs like that as well, especially like from 2020. It was, I kept looking at everyone's like song of the year list. And I'm like, well, my pick for song of the year isn't anywhere near anybody's list, but I just really didn't care about that because it was, it was a song by uh, the band Polaris called above my head. And it was, I don't know exactly what they were writing about or the specifics that they were writing about, but the feeling and the sound of it, not only with the instrumental, with the Napoleonic style guitars, but with the vocals, with how they were, the, the way they were streaming with the way that the clean style vocals were done. It perfectly explained, to my opinion, going through depression and feeling like no matter what you did, you just dug yourself in a deeper hole and you couldn't deal with it anymore. And you were just overwhelmed by it to the point where you felt like you just couldn't go on anymore. And I've been I've been at that point before. So it just connected with me in a whole nother way to the point where I didn't even know about Polaris before I even listened to their last their album in 2020. And I was kind of like, okay, it's a good album, but I'm just not connecting with it anyway fully. I heard that song. I'm just thinking, I was driving at the time. I'm like, what the hell did I just feel? It's when you get oh, yeah. when you get people to have, when you write a song and you have people feel that after one listen or two listens, where are just like, they, they could be driving, they could be sitting down at their desk, they could be at work, whatever it might be. And they just kind of have that moment where they stop what they're doing and kind of put their hands on their head and just think did this just speak to me in a full on spiritual and religious way? Oh, and then yeah. that connection is something that is very strong. It's a huge bond. And when you see people at live shows and they connect with you like that, it's the people that are even other people that are at those live shows. Well, they're connecting with you in so many different ways that you don't even know, but everyone is connecting with you in a positive way because everyone's relating to the emotion of these songs. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, you have, you have that significant experience and, you know, you're sitting there and, you know, you're bebopping along to the, whatever the track is. And then all of a sudden something comes on and it affects you in a deep emotional way. It's, it's, you know, I've, I mean, that's what music is for me. There's, there's so much music that has touched me that way and helped me through things. And, you know, my life was, was, was changed by somebody's, explaining of what I was going through and couldn't put into words, you know, that, I mean, it, 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 it saves you sometimes, 
It really does. And I see people signs that always say like, your music saved me at live shows. Well, not recently because of freaking COVID shutting down all the live <laughs> venues. But I'd seen people with those signs and people explain that and always like post on me like, oh, these like these people's music saved me or this band's music saved me. And at times some people are kind of like, oh, you know, okay. You know, you're kind of just like saying that for a certain way. However, it is honestly true because I've gone through that as well, where it was a time where I just completely just didn't want to, I was overwhelmed by that depression and trying to get back to myself and trying to overcome it. I was consistently listening to Rise Against because that's my favorite band I had. And I had to take that band back because I apparently had a lot of negative uh, emotions toward their music following what I went through. So I'm like, but they're my favorite band. I got to find a way to take them back. And then listening to bands yeah. like Skillet and 30 Seconds to Mars, I just connected with them on that level and it helped bring me back up. Now, do I still listen to 30 Seconds to Mars and Skillet as much as I did back in 2017? Of course not. It's just I don't connect them as much as I did back then. Do I still listen to them? Absolutely, I'm going to listen to them because if I ever need, if I ever have a moment where I just kind of need to just get that like pump up situation, I'm ever feeling down, turn on their music and boom, it's just you get that regeneration feeling going because you connect with it emotionally. You remember what it was like to be at that point and how far you've come over that. And when people listen to your music now, and they feel if they say they're listening to it to get over a certain point and help them through it. And they listen to it like three, four years later. And they'll, and it's just the emotion is more of a reflective one for them to remember how far they've come and how much your music has helped them get to that point. Oh, yeah. It takes you right back. You know, there's 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 songs that that helped me 20 years ago and I listen to them today. I still love them, but it takes me right back to that place. You know, and all of a sudden it's it's 20 years ago for me and I and I feel that all over again. And it's, uh, you know, there's still songs that that make me cry that I, I listen to them. And it, you know, it reminds me of this thing that I went through with my brother and and it still makes me tear up. It, it sends shivers down my spine and it's like I'm I'm still back in that place. And uh, yeah, it'll always be a mile marker for your journey. It will be. One thing I've always remember hearing people talk about was music is sort of the one of the best ways we have to effectively time travel because you're able to relate back to those emotions, such a strong, connective experience, because especially if you listen to them during when you're going through that, because you have that emotional attachment in your mind connected to the sound of that song or sound of that band or sound of that album. And when you listen to it later on in life, you're going to if you're in a much better place, that's fantastic. And then you're just going to kind of go back to that and it's, you're going to feel all those feelings over again. However, after you, after you kind of like, you know, take the headphones off your ears, you're still going to be thinking about it, but it's going to be more of a reflective tone to how far you've come from that point to now. Yes, absolutely. And that's why we absolutely love music because it just, it, it's, it, I don't know. I mean, saying it's a lifesaver is definitely probably the best way to put it. Oh Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, for me, listening to so many songs that have saved me over the years, but also writing songs, it's, it's, you know, I, I envy people that can keep a journal. I can't do it. I, I, I sit down and I write stuff out and I feel like a pretentious idiot trying to, oh, I felt this today and da, 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 da. And, and I just can't, I, I, I can't do it. It's, it's it's never been a discipline I've been able to cultivate, but for me, that's what, you know, I've written hundreds of songs and certainly not everything I've written is, is gold. You know, I've, I've written terrible songs, I'm sure, you know, but 
regardless of the quality i've 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 written songs that have perfectly and succinctly helped me through the emotion that i i couldn't i couldn't get this out of me and i couldn't get past it and writing it down and putting a melody to it and being able to hum it along and especially having it touch somebody else that's like ah oh, okay i've worked through that and and i've given it to somebody else i've given somebody else the words that they didn't have and you know somebody else did that for me I, one of my favorite artists is a is a folk singer named Ana DeFranco and um she's one of the greatest lyricists i've ever i've ever heard i mean i'd put her up there with bob dylan and 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 guys like that i mean she's amazing her she, she's just a deft assassin with words she's just so good and she's one of those people that has been able to say everything that was locked up inside of me and you know and i've cried and i've cried and i've cried listening to her music and just emotional release and it definitely has saved me definitely listening to you know so many people but she's definitely one of them that her music saved me and my ability you know and she taught me how to write songs you know she taught me how to turn a phrase and uh and so being able to do that for somebody else and even taking them out of the just the ability to put pen to paper and strum a chord on the acoustic guitar or something i mean it's just it's 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 been a lifesaver to me and by just by saying the fact that you were influenced in your writing style by how she wrote her music and how she would progress in her styles and all of a sudden just write lyrics in a certain way to touch you that's absolutely an amazing thing as well because you would in, in the grand scheme of things you never expect someone that's writing hard rock music to take a lot of inspiration from someone who writes folk music however that ends up giving your music a certain twist to it as well because there's a different writing style between primarily between folk and hard rock and when people think hard rock like what your influence would be in terms of writing style again people are going to take a look at what your music sounds like to them and what they related to in terms of other bands they're gonna be like oh you must kind of write it in the similar style of this band this band this band i would have never guessed folk music in any sense of the word but it gives you in my opinion a great advantage because you understand a different way to write music than most people in rock or metal for that instance would and it just gives your music again just a little bit of this edge where you're going to be talking in a certain way. You're going to end up forming your music in a certain way just so that, again, that emotion hits in a perfect in the perfect style that you're trying to portray to your audience. And then you're going to, again, get those moments where when you're at a live show, people are going to come up to you and basically tell you their whole story because they connected with your song in that way. Oh, and absolutely. that's something that is, I mean, irreplaceable in the overall scheme of things. And I think that's another big reason why people have been absolutely missing live shows because we miss that connectivity. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And it's something that we need back super duper quickly because it has been way too long. Yeah. You know, um, I, you know, we do the dead rebel saints thing and, you know, we put out the record and we played a bunch and we sold a bunch of, t-shirts and you know it was great and i also um i also sing for this tribute band uh the soundgarden tribute band because i got the range and stuff and uh you know just every just all week long and every weekend playing shows and rehearsals and shows and rehearsals and shows and rehearsals and i was getting burned out and you know 2020 hit and i was like you know this is on one hand it's terrible but on the other hand i'm I'm going to, I'm going to appreciate a few weeks off a few weeks. Ha ha ha. Yeah. And, uh, 
and then it drug on and it drug on and it drug on and i was like man you know i i take it back i <laughs> i i don't need a break i need shows i need shows and uh you know the only for me the only and for a lot of people i guess you know what are you going to do with all that time on your hands i mean you got to do something productive with it and so for me it was to write a new record and uh you know and that's what we've done we've 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 just started tracking this new record and i don't know if you noticed on the on the throwing stones record there's 15 tracks that's 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 more for your money than most bands give you you know you, you get 10 tracks you get 11 tracks you get eight tracks sometimes um and you know my philosophy has always been you know you've got what is it 74 minutes of usable space on a on a cd you, know, you better fill 73 and a half of them at least and uh you know nothing worse than you go and you buy a record well i don't know who buys cds anymore but i do you go and buy a cd and you flip it over and you see that little that little burned ring and there's you know there's eh, there's a half an inch of burned ring and there's three quarters of an inch of empty space on that disc and it's like man you guys ripped me off i paid you paid you full price for this tiny little 34 minutes of music and you know so my philosophy has always been you know you're gonna you're gonna make a record you make the whole record you don't make half a record and so that's what we've done again with this with this new record it's it's 15 songs i don't even know if they'll all fit on a i haven't timed it yet i don't even know if they'll all fit on the on the record or not but you know we're in the age of digital release you can put out 24 songs if you feel like it so so yeah. that's exciting that's exciting for that's exciting for us we've got a very diverse very diverse record on on the way and, and we're pretty we're pretty proud of it what do you mean by very diverse uh I, there's my mess up for the day Woo-hoo! tongue-tied uh what do you mean by diverse record in terms of sound are we just gonna get uh that same hard rock sound that you have created especially on throwing zones are we gonna get something that's a little bit more evolved in terms of just different influences coming in different styles coming in at the same time what can we really expect in overall in that more diverse style album um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna swing a little farther to the left and a little farther to the right than than the throwing stones record um in term you know there's gonna be definitely some throwbacks to like early Soundgarden records that very kind of like abstract and punk kind of feel that they had to some of their stuff there's gonna be you know some stuff that's that's very reminiscent of like early black sabbath um there's some stuff that feels like maybe alice in chains dirt record um there's definitely some stuff that feels like maybe some appetite for destruction i know i've mentioned a lot of these influences but i think we've leaned even harder into these into these influences and uh more dynamics i mean it it gets it gets softer it gets harder it covers the gamut in between there's definitely some blues rock um um some stuff that i was having a hard time identifying i don't know if you've heard there's a there's a a newer band they toured with guns and roses a couple of years ago called dirty honey and they um they've definitely got that kind of sleazy 70s rock feel and there's some stuff that kind of covers their territory it's kind of aerosmith black crozy um but with a harder edge to it so it kind of it just it swings the gamut and whereas i feel like with the with the throwing stones record i think that's a great record and uh, I don't know why I'm promoting 
Yeah, uh, hold up one sec, Kevin, because all of a sudden, like the audio on your on your uh, whatever you're recording on, just kind of dipped down a little bit, just for that little part out of nowhere. Um, I'll, I'll say the whole thing again. That's <laughs> where'd you lose me? Oh, yeah, it's it's doing it again. I think. Oh, uh, we might have to cut this short. I don't know what's going on. It's it's I don't know, but I'm kind of picking up a little bit more. But I mean, we're at about 35 minutes. I know you have a call with uh some with whatever uh producers you're working with to produce this new album and really work on some of that those new songs so i don't want to keep you too much from that but yeah absolutely so when it comes to um well we'll, we'll close it like this so when it comes to dead or Saints, when it comes to the new album when if are we do we know any release date of this at this given point or any tentative date so people can expect you know start following Dead Rebel Saints now so that when it comes out, or if it doesn't, you know, they can follow it, you guys now, so that when you guys do have that announcement, hey, you guys know, you will know. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're in the middle of tracking it, and I, you know, we don't want to rush it. We want to take all the time in the world and get all the tones perfect and really do the songs justice. So I'm hoping to have it out by May or June. Um, you know, give us give us several months to track everything, get it mixed and mastered, and and up to its level. There's no there's no rush. I mean, we're gonna put this record out, and we're not gonna be able to tour on it. So, you know, we've got all the time in the world. Let's just let's just make it great. Um, you know, and we've we've got an album and a half of Throwing Stones. I mean, you know, you got 15 songs there to uh, to sink your teeth into. So it's we're not hurting for music out there. No, you're definitely not hurting for music out there at all. And when people get a chance to listen to it, I mean, you're going to basically get your money's worth because when we talk about on the podcast here, you heard Kevin talk about his writing style. You heard him talk about the intricacies that go into it to make sure that these songs are going to hit in that emotional sense and whatever story that's trying to be told, it's going to make sense. It's going to hit you in that way. It's going to be perfectly articulated. So you can expect high quality stuff and you're going to be expecting a lot of high quality stuff as well because hey, 15 songs. I mean, you're giving the you're giving the people what they, what they came for. You're giving the people a, a lot to work with instead of just you know, oh, we're going to have a full album and it's 31 minutes long. No, if you're going to give it like 73, 74 minutes, you can give people a lot to basically sink their teeth into, a lot to really listen to, and a lot to really take in and understand where you're coming from, whatever story you're trying to tell at that point. Again, each song is going to have a different story to tell. I'm not sure what they're all going to be, but having all those different influences there with that bass and rock music and hard rock music, you're definitely going to have something, especially coming after Throwing Stones, where there's going to be a lot of intricacies there. And it seems like, in my opinion, the way they're going to be weaving in these influences into the music is going to make a lot of sense to the point where it's going to sound crisp. It's going to sound like they belong, and it's going to sound like this is a full dynamic record. Absolutely. So before we send you on your merry way to keep working on this brand new record, where can we find you in terms of uh, social media, where people can stream your music and where people can basically get a Devil Rebel Saints now so that when that new record comes out, they're ready. Um, yeah, we've got the, you know, the, the, at, at the moment, the Throwing Stones record is up on all the streaming platforms, Spotify and the, Apple music and, and all that fun stuff. Um, you know, we've, we're, we're behind the times in that, you know, the only place you can follow us at the moment is, uh, (laughs) is Facebook. 
Um, we're getting our Instagram together and, and getting all that. We're working with MBK. Uh, you know, those guys are, are, are putting our social media together. We've, we've, we've been a, a word of mouth band, um, this whole time. And, uh, you know, just playing shows and turning people on. So we're, yeah, we don't got the social media game together yet. But whatever I'll say this, whatever I can find on you guys in terms of where they can follow you, in terms of where they can stream their music, in terms of where they can listen, even it's on YouTube as well. When everybody's looking for it, um, we'll put it this way for everybody. This is this is something that's very standard for the Core Progression Podcast. Whether you're watching the episode on YouTube or you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Play, or iHeartRadio, just look at the description of the podcast, and you're going to see this thing that says "Find Dead Rebel Saints Online," and you're just going to see different labels and different links. I'm making it as easy as possible for you guys, so you can follow their stuff, like their stuff, share their stuff, whatever it might be, listen to their stuff, stream it. I'm going to give you guys a one-stop shop to all of a sudden click, 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 bing, bang, boom, and you're going to be right there. I'm going to do all the heavy lifting for you. All you have to do is click a link. That's it. I'm making it easy. Come on, guys. So, so Kevin, on that note, I do not like to end these podcasts by saying goodbye because I've enjoyed this conversation with you. I'd love to have you on again when that record does come out so we can talk all about it, have some fun with it. And, yeah, so that's why I can't say goodbye at that point. And when live shows return and I get a chance to see you guys play, yeah, I'm going to be there. And you know what? We're going to add you to this club. It's one of my favorite clubs to add people to. That's my own little thing. I call it the first rounds on me club. So when I come and see you live, that's basically what it is. First rounds on me. So make sure you're ready for that. All right. Well, then it's uh, it's not goodbye. It's uh, see you again soon. Yep. It's always see you later. All right, man. Well, well, folks, that was my interview with Kevin from the band Deadrable Saints. Yes, that was a little bit of a shorter one, but that's because when it comes down to making that new album that they were talking about, he had a call with the producers of that new album to make sure that everything was set and ready to go so that they could start tracking all this stuff and really make go and give you guys the best possible album possible. And I'm glad I got the time with him today, but I didn't want to hold him up too much from that. So I'm glad I got him for the time being. He is a now he's now a member of the First rounds on me club. And I'm glad to have him on that club because this was a fun conversation. I'd love to have Kevin back again when the new Deadrable Saints album comes out. So I'm looking forward to that. I hope you're looking forward to that again. When it comes to finding them online, all the links you can figure out to find on them when it comes to social media, YouTube, where to stream their album that's out right now, or prepare to stream their album when it comes out their new one in like May or June. Yeah, I've got the links for there for you too. And on that note, that's going to be for me today, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Chord Progression Podcast with MSOD Rocks, where rock and metal thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I and every single one's up to the big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah! Ow.